So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando Resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus entered by 4223. See rules at rolluptowin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. The Oracle Network. Look deeper. Levina Johnson's death was ruled a suicide by the U.S. Army. However, the beaten and burned body that was found totally negates this official theory. Join Stephanie from Uncovered True Crime Podcast and I as we dive into all the confusing details. Welcome to or welcome back to the Great Unsolved podcast. Today is day five of 31 Days of Crime, where I release a new episode every day. And today we are going to go over the puzzling case of Lavina Johnson with a guest. Today we have Stephanie from the Uncovered True Crime podcast. So Stephanie, if you want to tell the audience a little bit about you and your show. Yeah, so hello, I'm Stephanie. I started my podcast a few months ago, so um, I think we're on, by the time this comes out, I'll be on episode 41 or so. I uncover lots of different types of true crime cases. Um, Jane and John Doe's, missing persons, suspicious deaths, unsolved murders. I'm on most podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube, so whatever way you like to, um, to view your podcasts. I'm I'm there. Um and yeah, that's that's basically that's basically what, what I do. Do you wanna say a little bit about the uh case we went over on your podcast and whenever that was gonna be out or if it's already out? So we uncovered the case of Kurt Sova, which is a suspicious death case and it was such an interesting case to talk to you about, Alexis. Um it was um yeah, I, I really enjoyed recording the episode with you. It is coming out on, as we're recording this, it's Thursday. It will be out tomorrow. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw my Twitter. However, um, a very lucky 150 people have already listened to it because I forgot to schedule it and put it live. So if you're one of the those people who've come over from my podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the 2nd of October? Okay, before we jump into the case of Lavina Johnson, I wanted to remind everyone that our Patreon link is in the description. Also in the description is a link to buy my first book that connects 14 murders over 20 years. And soon I will be able to discuss my second book with all of you because it is going to be coming out on January 22nd. And first in this case, I do want to state that this is completely my view on stuff. But I believe that the pattern of abuse, violence, rape, and murder that goes on in the U.S. Army, both in bases here and across seas, is just completely despicable. Fort Hood, especially, is a giant base of pure injustice. 
The murders and disappearances that go on there are covered up and pushed under the rug by the people who run Fort Hood and other bases. This is also shown in many bases that are in Iraq, and the case of Levina Johnson is only one of very many. Levina was recruited while she was in high school, which is essentially, I'm kind of paraphrasing her parents here, but where military recruiters prey on teenagers who don't have their mind completely developed. They spend their time trying to lie to these children and giving them false ideas of what the military really has to offer. One in three women will be raped if they go into the military, but 50% of all military women's deaths overseas are non-combat deaths, and over half of those are under mysterious circumstances. However, there is rarely any justice for any of these women in the long run. If you are in the military, I have nothing against you. I think it's wonderful what you were doing, and I know I could absolutely never do it. However, I am mad at the leaders from Fort Hood and other places that consciously mess up families' abilities to gain justice for their loved ones. Lavina Lynn Johnson was born on the 27th of July 1985. She was the daughter of Dr. John Johnson, who was a veteran as well, and his wife Linda Johnson. She had three older brothers and one younger sister, so it was a large and loving family. This is shown in every documentary that focuses on her death. Her family are very proactive about trying to raise awareness and prevent things from happening to others that are in the army. From her birth, Lavina was a very hard worker. She was always an honour student and absolutely loved school. Along with schoolwork, she participated in sports and music, which created a very full schedule for her throughout her life. This continued throughout high school and Lavina decided she wanted to be a producer. Due to wanting to do this and go to college out of state, she wanted to be able to pay her own tuition and the army was the best way to do that for her. Her family did not want her to go into the army, even though there was a history of people going into the military in their family. However, Lavina was not one to change her mind. So as soon as she brought up going into the army, her parents knew her mind was already made up. Lavina Johnson was deployed to Iraq and stationed in Balad. There she stayed for about two months before her mysterious death on July 19, 2005, when she was only 19 years old. During the time before her death, she worked in the communication department, which helped her family feel better with where she was. Due to this, she was able to call her family almost daily, and when she wasn't, she would always send letters. Lavina was often very optimistic while deployed, and this shone through in letters and phone calls alike. She did state many times that some male soldiers would call the women in the army females, souls, because that's half of a soldier, and more demeaning names like that. Lavina stated that she was fairly unbothered by this because she knew how capable she was. Two days before Lavina's death, she called home and seemed extremely excited. She was getting a new job, and even better, she thought she was going to be home for Christmas this year. This was great news to her because she loved Christmas and decorating with her family as well. This was the last time Lavina would ever speak to her parents. On July 19, 2005, a soldier came to the Johnson household. As soon as her parents saw this, they were devastated. 
It is said that her mother would not even go down to talk to the soldier, but the father did. The soldier stated that Lavina had died of self-inflicted wounds. That is all he would say despite further questioning from Lavina's parents. At this time, the family was told that there was an ongoing investigation into Lavina's death. Her parents and friends stated that there was no way Lavina killed herself because she's shown no signs of suicide at all. Her father had a PhD in psychology and studied psychology in soldiers, so he was able to make a reasonable decision on if she had shown signs of suicide. Lavina's death was ruled a suicide by the Department of Defense. This could not be further from the truth based on the evidence that came from the crime scene of Lavina Johnson. Quickly after Lavina's body was found, the military launched an investigation into her death, or at least what seemed like an investigation. If we were being honest, we know that the military here probably knew exactly what happened to her from the start, but they gave the family the idea that they were looking into it and how she supposedly committed suicide. Those who were investigating her death stated that she was depressed and mentally unstable due to her boyfriend of only a few months breaking up with her around that time. The story was that she had those emails printed out in her pocket when her body was found, although there really was no evidence supporting this claim. Also, pure speculation, but Lavina seemed to be a very strong woman with a lot going on in her life. It doesn't seem that she would let a small breakup affect her like this. After printing out these emails, she supposedly took her M16 gun and walked out of her barracks alone. She went across the camp to the contractor's tent that was very messy, dirty and dark. There, she supposedly decided to set the emails on fire and then started to set the entire tent on fire while she was inside. Then, as the tent was burning all around her, she took her M16 gun which stands at 40 inches long, stuck it in her mouth, and shot herself once, killing herself. The army asked the Johnson family to please consider the closed casket funeral because of this supposed method of suicide. Obviously, if you were shot in the mouth, your face would often be messed up after death. However, many speculate that the army actually didn't want the family to see Lavina due to their version of events, not matching up with what Lavina looked like. Apparently, this happens often with mysterious deaths in the military. There are tons of stories out there from families of soldiers stating that the military essentially forced them to have a closed casket so they are not even sure if they buried their loved one. Lavina's family was already suspicious of the army at this point because nothing added up. Therefore, they decided it was going to be an open casket funeral anyway. This let the family identify that Lavina had many bruises and maybe missing teeth, both pointed to a very bad beating that the army had never said anything about. They were also able to see that there was a bullet wound on her left temple. This is also not what the army stated happened. And according to Mr. Johnson, Lavina's father, this was not the shot of an M16 at all. He had seen someone commit suicide while in the army himself, and that person's face was completely destroyed. This was not what Lavina looked like. It was later discovered that her white dress gloves were also glued to her hands, 
to cover the third-degree burns that were there. Her autopsy also shown that she only sustained non-serious injuries before her death, such as her busted lip and some scratches on her. In reality, that is not even close to all the injuries that she had. Through crime scene photos and other reports, it is very clear that there was actually quite a large struggle before her death. However, that would never go along with the military version of what happened to her. Because why would there be an intense struggle before someone committed suicide? Lavina's father was the one to talk to the medical examiner about the autopsy. He had so many questions after receiving the autopsy, and none of them were really answered. A very specific one that was asked, Mr. Johnson wondering if the ME did a rape kit. The ME stated that no, there was no trauma to the genitals, so it was not needed. Eventually, when Lavina's death was ruled a suicide, the ME stated that the investigator ruled at that, but the investigator said the ME had ruled at that. Blame was just being passed around. Lavina's father decided they needed to battle with the US Army for more information and the documents about their daughter's death. They pointed out a lot of Freedom of Information Act orders and started working with a congressman to achieve getting all of the pieces of information they needed. They found out a lot from all this work. There were many injuries that had not been reported on official reports. The injuries were sustained before death and were not mentioned in the military's report, including the following. Bruises, scratches and bite marks that littered the upper part of her torso. Her stomach was completely bruised. A burn that went from her shoulder all the way to above her knee. A broken nose that was covered up post-mortem with plastic surgery. A broken neck. She was badly beaten all over her body. A highly corrosive substance, such as some kind of acid, poured over her genitals. And a burnt right hand. How is none of that mentioned in the autopsy report or death report? These all seem like things that point to a very different cause of death than the suicide that the military reported. Also, remember the ME stating there was no trauma to Lavina's genitals? Obviously that is not the case. It is assumed that this acid was poured on that area to get rid of any DNA of a rape. This is not the end of the odd evidence in the case, or evidence that is not in the official military report either. They also decided not to mention that there was quite a bit of blood outside the tent where Lavina's body was found. Aquí estamos preguntando sobre supersticiones financieras. Bueno, en mi familia decían, si te pica la mano, no te la rasques porque viene dinero. Pero si quieres controlar tu presupuesto, hay una manera mucho más práctica. ¿En serio? Con el plan precio personal de State Farm, puedes crear un precio accesible solo para ti. Y sin aguantar picazón, me gusta. Como un buen vecino, State Farm está ahí. Llama para obtener una cotización hoy. Los precios varían según el estado. La elegibilidad para la selección de cobertura podría variar. And that there was debris that suggested her body had been dragged inside after death, including having her back caked in mud. Supporting this idea was also the fact that a footprint found inside the crime scene has never been identified. Let's get into some more details about what was not adding up in this case. Lavina was only 5 foot 1 inches tall, which is about 61 inches tall. 
the M16 that she was issued was 40 inches long. Her arms would have never been able to shoot herself with that type of gun. When this information was brought up, the military suggested that she pulled the trigger with her toe. However, her shoes and socks were on when she was found. I don't think many dead people can put on shoes after killing themselves. Not to mention, she was technically shot in the left temple while being right-handed. The medical examiner that did her autopsy stated that the exit wound was on the back of her head. And if you want to, you can Google pictures of her that her family has made public, and it's obvious that this was no exit wound. Then, when Lavina's father asked about the bullet wound on the left temple, the Emmy stated that the wound changes depending on where you look at it from, which when I read that in researching this case, it just sounded like something you make up on the spot. Either way, stories are changing, but neither of them make sense in the first place. This Emmy is simply just grasping at straws to explain away anything that came up. Multiple ballistic experts have stated that her bullet wound is more reminiscent of a 9mm bullet and not an M16 one. Also, her fingerprints were nowhere on the M16. There was actually no fingerprints at all, not even of the EMT who admitted to moving the gun when they arrived. And no gunshot residue was on Lavina's hands, although she supposedly shot the gun. This points to either replacing the weapon after the body was gone, or completely wiping down the weapon after the fact. If it was suicide, this would not have been needed, and I don't believe it would have happened. Now, getting into the crime scene photos that are available online, there are a lot of things that do not add up at all. Lavina was lying on her back with one arm essentially over her face. You can see a puddle of blood that looks like it's coming from her head, but it seems like there is no blood splatter anywhere. Supporting the facts that there was blood outside the tent and debris inside the tent that suggests that Lavina was brought there after death. In the crime scene photos, she is seen wearing a t-shirt, sweatpants, socks and running shoes. This means that she obviously did not commit suicide by pulling the trigger with her toe, which is the only way she successfully would have shot the M16 at herself. Her clothes also were not burnt at all, although she had a burn stretching from her shoulder to her knee, acid on her genitals and burns on her hands. This shows that she had been naked when the injuries occurred. Also, negating the idea of suicide is that in the crime scene photos there is Lavina's blood, then a cot, then an M16 gun. It was not found on her and even near her. It was feet away on the other side of a large object. If she had killed herself, how did the gun get there? At one point in the investigation, it seemed that someone lent the family a helping hand as there was a printed picture of a CD or DVD in one of the files they received. When the family asked the army what this CD was, they refused to give it to the family and stated that there was sensitive information on there pertaining to other soldiers, so they couldn't see it due to privacy reasons. However, eventually after a lot of time and effort, the army allowed the family to see this CD. This CD had literally 
everything from the entire case. Photos of the crime scene, photos of the autopsy, interviews with people, and tons of documents. This was probably the first thing the family should have received. Through these documents, it was found that there were multiple stories that the army stated Lavina's death was because of. It seems that they just kept changing their story to better suit the army, not get the truth out of what actually happened. Lavina's commanding officer, as well as friends that were with her in Iraq, stated that Lavina did not show signs of depression and was not acting any different. This goes directly against what the army stated happened to Lavina. Eventually, the family decided that they had to exhume Lavina's body and have another autopsy done. They hired one of the top people in the field to do the autopsy, but right before it was supposed to happen, this man stated he could not do it because he was friends with the original M.E. So nothing really helpful came out of the second autopsy. However, it was noted that the first autopsy took chunks from Lavina's tongue, vagina, and anal area. This was never revealed prior to the second autopsy, but it is still unknown what happened to these pieces of Lavina's body or why they were taken out. However, if you remember earlier about the bullet wound to the left temple, this could be an explanation for why the tongue was taken out. If that was in fact an entrance wound of a bullet, then it could have gone down into her tongue and gotten stopped there. Then to cover up where the bullet wound actually was, the Emmy took out the tongue that had the bullet in it. So that brings us to the end of all the facts. Um, Stephanie, was there anything I missed that you wanted to add in? No, I don't think so. Um, I've done research on this case myself, and y- you've um, think you've you've covered it really, really well. Okay, so now we can move on to theories. Obviously, the military's theory, or what they officially ruled is what happened, was suicide. What do you think about that? I'm going to give that a hard no. <laughs> like, yeah. There's absolutely nothing that would make... I can't think of a case that looks less like a suicide if I tried. Mm-hmm. It's the evidence that was hidden from the family. And the, and I know that people who are depressed um, and suicidal, they, they possibly could, not everyone, but possibly could self-harm. This was extreme. Like, pouring, if you were that depressed and were that heavy into self-harming that you were going to pour acid on your genitals, that is absolutely something that would have been brought up earlier. You know, that you would, that people would have noticed earlier. And she probably wouldn't have passed the psych evaluation that she would have, I imagine she'd have to have taken to get into the army. So... Absolutely not. No. Um, I don't think I think the fact that this was ruled a suicide is um egregious to to say the least. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that points towards a suicide because the evidence that they're saying would like add up to her committing suicide doesn't even exist. 
Like, the bullet wound that is visible is on her left temple. And she couldn't have done that with the M16 to herself. And it's not even an M16 bullet. So, like, where'd the other gun come from and all that? It doesn't... There's nothing that adds up to suicide. Absolutely not. Like, oh, God, this oh, this case is so frustrating. Like, if you... If she was suicidal, and not even Lavina, anyone, if you're suicidal and you're thinking, right, I, and I, and I, before I say this, I know that this probably isn't exactly the thought process, but you, you've decided that you're going to um, complete suicide and you're thinking about how you're going to do it. You would know your limitations and what ways best to do it. If you're short and you don't have particularly long arms, why would you use a gun that's 40 inches long? Like, oh yeah, I'll just shoot myself in the wrong side of the head with my feet. Like, you would just choose another method. You would just think, right, okay, I would, maybe I'll hang myself. Maybe I'll do an overdose. You know what I mean? Like, you would do the way... You would do it the way that has got the least chance of failing. And shooting yourself in the left temple with your feet, I would imagine, has got a fairly high chance of failing. I can't, you know, you, you if you're going to do it, you... I'm, I'm trying to be kind of careful about the language I use because I know this is a really triggering topic. However, if you're wanting to complete suicide, you're, you, you want to do it right. Yeah, like they path with least resistance probably absolutely absolutely and this would seem like a very very difficult way for her to an awkward way for her to do it a not easy way for her to do it and that's not even talking about the injuries she sustained beforehand which are extreme even for someone that's been self-harming for years so as i said you don't just go from not self-harming to burning your genitals with acid yeah and like her neck was broken i don't know how you break your own neck and then shoot yourself and, and then shoot yourself and... <laughs> i know like after you break your neck you're basically not capable of doing much else with your body at that point let alone something that would take quite a lot of manual dexterity such as shooting yourself in the head with your foot <laughs> like it's just the fact that they thought that the family would buy this is just I, ca I can't I, I can't believe that, th that this even happened and I know that there's been so many cases particularly around Fort Hood of um soldiers going missing and dying under mysterious circumstances and it's awful. Yeah, they never Absolutely really awful. add up to what the army no. says. No, but this in particular, how no one in power has looked at this case and alarm bells have not been going off is beyond, is beyond me. Do you think, are they just scared of the military or I don't know. Yeah, I I think it's difficult to go against the military. Even her parents had to do so many freedom, 
Freedom of Information Acts and stuff to get, like, even just the autopsy, which they should have been giving them straight out after their daughter died. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, no, <laughs> nothing about this is, um, is a suicide, absolutely not. And she would have been banning the broken neck after all those injuries. Uh, she physically would have been incapable of doing this to herself. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And when I talked about the, like, picture of the CD they got, when they eventually got the CD, they found out that before the army or the military stated it was a suicide, they tried to say she died in combat, which she was a communications person, so she wasn't even in combat. Yay. And and then they just completely changed it, and they were like, oh no, never mind, she committed suicide. It's... I, I, I've got um, no words for how appalling this is, and I can't I can't even put into words how awful I feel for her family and how for for any soldier, even if you even if soldiers that do die in combat who do complete suicide during their their service or their deployment, I, I can't even imagine how that must feel. But this is on a level that is just so above, you know, anything that you would expect. I mean, I know that in lots of other true crime cases, people have, you know, there's possibly cover-ups in, and a lot of them there probably are. But this is so blatant, it's, it's disgusting. It's absolutely abhorrent. I don't even know, like you said, how this holds up anymore, because... The information's out there, and it's obvious to anyone who even just reads, like, one article about the case that this was not a suicide. So, it just doesn't make sense that her cause of death is still officially suicide. I know, and a phrase that I I use a lot, and I'll sick to till the day I die, is that something that committing... A crime is bad enough, but it's it's worse when you commit a crime knowing fine well that you're going to get away with it. Yeah, and absolutely. Whoever did this to Lavina, and I know we'll get onto this in a minute. Who possibly could have done this? But whoever did this, they tortured her, and knew. That they were tortured her and were very comfortable with the fact that they, there was going to be absolutely no repercussions, repercussions to this, which is, I don't want to say worse than what happened to her because I'm sure that there's there's not much worse than what could have happened to her, but it adds an extra level of just evil, and I really don't use the word evil very often, but that's exactly what what this what this was um evil and the fact that they felt so comfortable they would get away with it and so um you know just so did it knowing there'd be no consequences adds such an extra level of just evil to to this case 
Yeah. So one more thing before we move on to homicide. I in the CD again. The family did state that there was testimony, either video or documented, from her, like, her, not her captain, but I kind of, commander, I don't know, I kind of forgot the term. But there was testimony from him and some of her friends directly negating what the military said. Because they said, no, she wasn't depressed at all, she wasn't acting different at all, and the military's, like, main basis for suicide was she started acting different and she was showing big signs of depression. So I'm kind of just wondering, like, if what happened to this commander and these friends? I know, like, and for one second, and not for one second do I believe any of this is true, but if if he expects us to buy this nonsense that he's trying to sell... If her depression was that bad that she's going to inflict all of these wounds upon herself, why was she still there? She would surely she would be a danger to herself, possibly a danger to to other people. Like his own, their own actions don't add up with her being that depressed. Let alone hers, you know, and you know, yeah, like. Absolute. It doesn't. And it doesn't make any sense. And if you, as I said earlier, if you were that depressed that you were going to, um, and I, I know I keep, ref- I know I keep saying about pouring acid on your genitals, but that is extreme. That you know, I mean, that is so such an extreme thing to do to yourself. You would have noticed that. And I know a lot of people commit suicide and. Well, sorry, complete suicide, and no one saw it coming. That happens. Not, not if you're. I don't believe if you're at that level of depression where you're doing that to your body. I don't think that that would go com- completely unnoticed. Not, not for two seconds. Yeah, it seems like at least something like trivial would have changed, but in a lot of the like documentaries about her case, it is stated that some of the evidence the army used to say she was depressed was the fact that she was eating ice cream every day. And that just blows my mind because they're in 100 degree weather and there's ice cream available and maybe she just liked it. So why wouldn't you eat it every day? That doesn't, that's not a sign of depression. I, um... I, as I'm sure everyone listening to this can tell, I'm Scottish. I live in Scotland. I live in a country where it's constantly cold and wet. And almost on a daily basis, I walk around my house with a dressing gown on, with a tub of ice cream in the dressing gown pocket. Because sometimes that's just a sort of moral support I need that day. So, whoever... That is such... It's... Nothing about this case is really is, is funny at all, but that that is it's laughable that someone it's such a stereotypical thing to think about women like oh she was eating lots of ice cream like oh she must have been depressed oh our boyfriend's bought with her oh she must have been depressed over a boy or oh, she killed herself like we don't think like that like that's not no <laughs> like that's not how women work that's not how people that's not how people work. Yeah, like, 
whoever thinks that because women eat a lot of ice cream that that means that they are depressed that says more about their knowledge of women than it says about anything else like that's like that's utterly ridiculous yeah it when i read that i was like are you serious like is this real or was this like a fake tip apparently it was real because her parents have even stated like yeah they thought she was depressed because she was eating ice cream every day it's like that just doesn't make any sense it's (laughs) i know ridiculous i know Okay, so we can move on to the theory of homicide, which that's what I am 100% leaning towards because it's obvious this was not a suicide case and there's no way this was accidental because this was calculated beatings against her and they shot her in the head, so they knew they were going to kill her. So... I don't know. Let's talk about the homicide theory. <laughs> um, whoever did this to her clearly has a lot of rage and a lot of, yeah, probably a lot of rage clearly towards Lavina given what they did to her. Why is a totally different question. But they clearly had a lot of rage um, directed to her. You'd, ha- you'd, you'd have to, for such personal injuries and for such intimate injuries this this is personal but this person they need it doesn't even serve the armies it doesn't even serve the army to have this person in service like how terrifying is it to think that this person who can do all of that to a per- to someone is still possibly still serving in the army like they if they can do this once they can they can do this they can do this again yeah yeah and even if they're not in the army anymore they weren't caught for this so they're obviously well most likely free so they can still do this to people and that's i don't know why the army would still protect the person or persons who did this i know it doesn't even serve it doesn't even serve them you know, there's a reason why people... I'm not going to sit here and say I've got a great knowledge of the military, because I, especially the American military, I barely have knowledge of my own country's military. However, I know that you've got to pass um, a psych- psychological evaluation um, to, get into, to get into the army. And that's done for a reason, to make sure that the right people are defending their country and if you are capable of doing this to one of your fellow um comrades don't know if that's the right phrase that's how little i know about the army but um to one of your colleagues then they should absolutely be getting you out of there and getting you professional psychological help like this isn't I don't want to say just a homicide, like anyone is just murdered and it's nothing. But this wasn't like she was shot and she was shot in the head, like and just left. This is this is way, way, way beyond that. And whoever did this has 
serious, serious issues and I'm surprised that, because I think whoever did this absolutely knew her to have that much rage towards her. Yeah, it seems like a, not, I'm not exactly like a passion killing, but more along those lines, because that's when people spend more time killing the person normally. Like rage. Yeah. And anger. And I'm surprised that no one who knows her in the army would be like, you know, because I'm, you would, surely you would know who did, you know, you'd be able to say like, oh, Matt over there, he's a bit, you know, he's, for want of a better phrase, he's really unhinged. Like, really look at him. Surely you would know who's capable of this. And if they are, if this person is able to um, hide that they're capable of this, that's sci- that's psychopathic. Yeah, that's terrifying. That's psychotic. Itself. It's psych- psychopathic, probably not the best word. That's It's psychotic. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I think pretty much everything in this case supports that it was a homicide and a very gruesome homicide at that. But moving on to like the bullet point under that, like the series of events that could have happened, it has, I don't know if they've established like a complete timeline of when she was killed, when her body was found, all that. I couldn't find it online, but they did state that she was probably heading to PT that morning and because she was in those clothes and she had her tennis shoes on. So, sorry, I'm trying to get through my thoughts here. So, if she was, if she went from her barracks to PT, that doesn't go past the contractor's tent that she was found in. So, the contractor's tent was kind of off on its own, which means there was enough room in between these places for someone to have seen something, I would think, at least. Absolutely. And if it was out of the way, then either she very deliberately went to this tent to meet someone, or someone very deliberately saw her walking to PT and dragged her. Like, it seems... Nothing about this screams accident or, oh, I accidentally, um, like, pushed her and she broke her neck. Oh, wait, let's, um, let's bruise her stomach, let's burn her from her shoulder to her knee, break her nose and her neck, burn her with acid and then shoot her in the head. Yeah. You know, like, this was... You don't accidentally, yeah. No, um... This was, it was thought out and it was, it was planned. And it seems like, it seems more likely to me that she was lured to the tent. Like she went there voluntarily or near there voluntarily. I know there's evidence suggesting that she died outside the tent, but she went to that area voluntarily. And then whoever did this or multiple people, which is a, I think is a, a possibility, yeah, especially with, like, how many, like, she would have had to have been physically restrained. I don't know how you, it's possible, but I don't know how you inflict all these injuries on someone and keep them restrained at the same time. But another thing which is literally came to my mind right now 
is that would surely they would have had acid burns on them? Yeah, you would think so, unless they wore like a bunch of protection equipment, but then that would have made them seem suspicious as well, I would think. Yeah, like, yeah, you'd have thought that there was some, not even maybe like, um, like defensive wounds, you could maybe, you know, you're literally in a war zone, you could probably explain that away. Not entirely sure how you're explaining acid away, like on your hands, because I mean, acid is really corrosive and it gets, it gets absolutely everywhere. That's, that's going to stick on it, not even necessarily not even on your skin, but onto your clothes. Yeah, there's going to be some like burn holes and stuff like that, you would think. Yeah. And to be able, like I said earlier, to be able to do all of this and know fine well you're getting away with it, like, what rank is this person in the army? Like, who are they friends with? Who... This isn't just some wee guy that's bottom of the food chain. You know, this is someone with friends or with very significant rank that they know that they could get away with this. Yeah, I believe one suspect... I don't think there was a name, but it was one of the higher-ups, and supposedly he claimed that they had been having sex or something along those lines. But it was only mentioned in, like, one documentary, so I'm not totally sure on that one. But this is different than the boyfriend that she'd recently just broken up with. Yeah. Well, that makes kind of sense do you know what I mean like if it was I think there certainly was a sexual undertone to this I, I, I wouldn't go as far to say it was the motive maybe it was but there's sexual undertones to this because you don't just if you hurt someone's genitalia in the way that they did with her that's very deliberate and you're targeting that area like with the beating you know you could beat someone up and just kind of hit anywhere but if you're putting acid on that part of someone's body you're doing that very deliberately and you're doing that for a reason so there certainly seems to be some sort of like sexual undertone to this and I mean if he did rape her and then pour acid to get rid of the evidence you know that's a possibility but I don't think that the motive for this in and of itself was rape it seems far over, far over that. But I do think there certainly was a sexual element to, to this crime. Whether she was sexually... Well, she was absolutely sexually assaulted. I don't... It doesn't get much worse than acid burns. But raped in the traditional way that, you know, like forced pen- penetration, there's over and beyond that, I think. Yeah, I know after her death, it came out that she had been being treated for an STD because she had been sexually assaulted and she hadn't told her family about that. So that's another kind of person of interest, I would think, might have something to do with this. That's really interesting. So did that person, was that 
getting investigated by the army, the sexual assault allegation. I am not completely sure if they investigated it. I know she reported it because the family found it in the documents and she was being treated for an STD, but there was never anything said about an actual investigation into who sexually assaulted her. Of course there, of course there wasn't. Why, why, why would you investigate? You know, women are just silly creatures that eat ice cream because they're sad. But that's really and and obviously I I don't know I'm not saying this person did it. However, it would that would be a I'm trying to be really careful how I word this. But given the aspects of this crime, if she was sexually assaulted. Well, when, not if, when she was sexually assaulted, she reported it. They found out and got mad. That, to me, would, if true, would totally explain this this crime. Why they did it, the motive for it, the reason why she was injured the way she was. That, t- um, not necessarily true, he might not have done it, but... That ticks all the boxes for me as far as motive and why did he do this and why did he specifically inflict the injuries that he did upon her. That's ticking a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, that's a pretty, that's probably the most solid idea of a motive that there is, but obviously we don't know everything about the case. But it does make sense. Maybe he would get mad if she reported it and go to the next level with things. Absolutely. And People, I've said this in one of the episodes I covered on my case, people wonder why women don't report sexual assault. <laughs> like, do you blame them <laughs> for when this, and I said, not doesn't mean that this guy did this, but <sighs> I just, it's awful to think that if that is what happened, that she was already brutalised once and for this sort of death to be inflicted upon her at just 19 because she had the audacity to how dare she report him it's just awful and the fact that the army are even you know just they're like no 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 um, she's just a silly little girl that eats ice cream and she killed herself. Yeah. Case closed. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why they're covering it up. Absolutely not. And the last kind of... Well, the last two kind of uh, persons of interest that I could kind of find was she was working in the communications building like later one night and this group of Male soldiers came in and she kept telling them to leave because she had to close up and all that stuff. And eventually a higher up came in and he scolded Lavina for not being able to get these people to leave instead of scolding the male soldiers on like why they were in there. And apparently he insulted her fairly bad during that. And so those people kind of seem... Like, they had a little bit of a run-in with her, especially if she said something to somebody else about it. 
No, definitely, and especially if it was like a higher ranking officer and she had um she he felt that she was less than as we'd mentioned earlier on in the episode and that she wasn't capable of doing her job and then she had the audacity how god forbid to have a, to defend herself and and have and have a go at him and as as i said earlier i think it's absolutely was someone with a higher rank than than yeah, her and otherwise there's no reason to risk everything to protect this person absolutely absolutely not and they wouldn't have the strings the, to pull to mm-hmm. um you know to get people to to cover to cover up this person that did this has a lot of a lot of power and a lot of influence over people and quite possibly if they felt that she was maybe getting a bit too big for her boots or they weren't happy with a woman telling him what to do then quite quite possibly it might have as i said earlier it could have been numerous people you know that that did that and restrained her and did all did all these things sir because there's such a variety of different injuries that you know and don't get wrong in in cases sometimes they can there there are but this seems like a very wide variety of injuries mm-hmm. you know like who one per like did one person beat her did one person use the acid did another person break her neck like and do yeah. we even know why do i know we've got kind of gone past a suicide theory but what are the military's opinion on how her neck was broken how do they think that happened I don't think they've really stated. I think they really only acknowledge what goes with their theory. Because the broken neck didn't come out until her family exhumed her body and got the second autopsy. Right. I'd be really interested to know if her hyoid bone was broken. Because that would be a quite a good indicator as to whether or not she was strangled. Um... That would um just something that I just sort of thought thought of there with just all the different types of inj- types of injuries that she had. It seems weird that one person would inflict them all. Yeah, it does. Know. It seems like a lot. Yeah. And if one person did, then um the the army have got um not even just the army, the public have um should should need to watch out yeah watch out for this guy yeah absolutely so was there anything else you wanted to mention in this case or do you think we pretty much covered everything i think yeah i think we we pretty much covered everything that we are currently aware of but you know if if that much was covered up then god knows how much more is is covered up how much about this case do we still not know which in itself is frightening with all the things we do know how can there be more that we like that wasn't it like how can there be more but i just you can't trust them you know like any part of this investigation can can be trusted so god knows if we even know everything that 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 happened to her i mean at 9 19 she wasn't even she hadn't even fully entered adulthood she was you know like i just kind of i think of it myself at at 19 and 
Yeah. I know. She was young. That's crazy. I know. I know. Just it's devastating. And I can't even begin to imagine how her family, how her family feel. Like I've got nothing but um, compassion and um, compassion for them and how strong they are to, because it can't be easy to publicly I know you want justice for your daughter but still it still can't be easy to come out in public and go through all the horrific things that happened to her it can be easy to think about and it can be easy to say but I just they're just so amazing um you know to continue to fight for justice as they as they have against the US army which I'd imagine isn't um isn't it's easy. It isn't easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ab- ab- absolutely. So yeah, nothing but love and compassion and admiration yeah. for the for the Johnsons. So no matter what happened, it is fairly obvious that a lot of things do not add up in this case. I will forever believe that this was a very brutal homicide that has been completely covered up by the U.S. Army. But hopefully one day Lavina Johnson will get the justice she deserves. The Army really needs to come forward and admit all the wrongdoing in this case, and many others like it, but I kind of doubt that'll ever happen. So once again, let me remind you that all the links to our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook group, and more is down below. There is also a link to our Patreon for bonus and exclusive content and a link to my book. I will also link Stephanie's podcast and social links below. So don't forget to check out our episode on her podcast, which is Uncover True Crime, that came out on October 2nd. But anyways, thank you, Stephanie, for coming on The Great Unsolved, and hopefully this won't be the last time you appear on an episode with me. Absolutely. Um, thank you for reaching out, and thank you for having me on, and um, and when you suggested this case, I was very like, absolutely, that's a case I want to cover, so thank you very much for um, for allowing me to come on and talk about talk about this case with you and um i agree i hope that this um well i know this isn't going to be the last time that we that we work together so um yeah thank just thank you yeah thank you too everyone stay safe and have a great day